This episode is sponsored by Under Armour and their Infinite Elite Everyday Running Shoe, which I was lucky enough to head out to Barcelona and see being unveiled at its launch and to chat to athletes like Sharon Nakidi, who won the New York Marathon a few years ago, who does all of her easy and steady runs in this pair of shoes. And then we've set Jess from The Running Channel a very specific challenge to train for 12 weeks for her fastest, hopefully, ever 10K, which is also back out in Barcelona. Yeah, she is loving training in this shoe. And I think it's important as well because we're so lucky we get to test lots of different shoes. But we do know that some people just want that one pair that will do everything. So Jess has been doing her long runs, interval sessions, and she will be tackling the final 10K in the Under Armour Infinite Elite shoes. Yeah, big focus on endurance and a brand new foam, which provides extra energy return and looks after you on even your longest runs. So if you want to know more, head to the link in the show notes. listening to the running channel podcast with me sarah hartley rick kelsey our timekeeping legend over in the corner there and andy who's just about recovered from our plane journey to budapest i don't think i have recovered i'm still i'm not recovered from far too much time spent with you two i know yeah. we're here we're back again for context to let you behind the curtain we flew back on sunday and we're currently recording this on a tuesday yeah having spent four days with each other including mm-hmm. one overnight at gatwick airport yeah, we slept on some sticky sofas yep. in the uh, very lobby sticky, of the hotel. Very is... sticky. Don't know what it was. I, I feel like I spend more of my life with you two than anyone. I wake up and see you even when you're not in my room. <laughs> I do have a, a tendency of sneaking into your bedroom just watching yeah, you yeah, sleep. Do you have done that once. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now anyway. is definitely the time to get straight into the podcast. <laughs> So this week's episodes, we're going to be talking all about a little DNF that happened to me and what I'm really struggling with at the moment. If you don't know what DNF stands for, it stands for did not finish. And I did not finish a 5k. So more on that later. But first, Andy Rick, how's your day slash <laughs> week of running are we just one person now andy rick andy it's been, rick it's been 24 hours mm-hmm. without each other how many yeah. runs have you done uh one oh, actually did you? I, have, I have done one run that was this morning mm-hmm. how yeah. was it well i tell you what it was very nice not to go outside and do exercise in 37 degrees not that i did any exercise yeah, you, when we were in budapest all you did was sleep in a nice air-conditioned room <laughs> hey we were there. he got in the spa i went to the spa he did, I did a length i was in the hot i did i think two lengths did i was in you? the hot tub for a, i did two hours hot tub yeah, and I might two lengths per two hours I'm, in the hot tub. Might, that might, sounds fair. I might have done thirty seconds S and C as well. Ooh. Strength and conditioning. Sorry, we don't use abbreviations on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jargon free. Andy, what about you? Um, well, I was really pleased because on Sunday it was still when we were in Budapest, but it was after the previous podcast that we mm. recorded. Mm-hmm. I did go and do what was my longest run in terms of time on my feet for. A long time. And this is the big thing I'm worried about prepping for my marathon is just getting out there and being able to run long enough. So I ran over an hour, which I was really pleased with and threw in some, I did four, five minute efforts. Uh, as part of my training, basically. That you were, were buzzing as well when you got back for breakfast. Yeah. You were like, well, happy with that. That's yeah, amazing. because I just, I expect stuff to go catastrophically wrong when I go running. Well, what um, do you expect to happen? I don't know, just something to hurt. Oh, I see. Not or to break. snap. I mean, that could happen too. That has happened to me in the past, but but no, just, just I mean, I've, I've definitely over-egged it here because I'm, I'm so excited that I'm there for assuming that every, yeah. run, I, every run I do from now on is going to be completely pain-free, which is probably naive but i had one run which i really enjoyed and all of the aches and pains which i was anticipating didn't materialize so and you went on a beautiful island didn't you we did this incredible island called margaret i can't pronounce it margaret island let's call margaret it margaret island in, yeah in budapest yeah. it's so cool it's like yeah. a five kilometer 
little like one lane of a track basically so nice and spongy and it's yeah. a full 5k round this island oh it's a spongy track yeah yeah it's like a one lane actual <laughs> track surface you oh, can I thought tell it was... rick did not go to this island <laughs> yeah he's too busy uh Definitely. sleeping it up yeah, yeah no i was too busy um enjoying the hospitality sure we got it. <laughs> yes which was lovely um so yeah it was an amazing place to go so actually it was you know three or four k to run there mm -hmm. we ran together and then um then andy dropped me no i did to not be, actually to be fair if you did hadn't you done her? no he didn't this time so if he mm. hadn't have done his three 5k efforts five minute efforts sorry yeah, four. Mm. don't do me out of four, sorry. The fourth one. if andy hadn't have done his four five minute efforts yeah um then i you wouldn't have dropped me because i was doing i was doing a different session i was doing a kind of longer run of 20 times a minute yeah with a minute off in between each yeah time. and i was i was bunny hopping andy quite well really and then he obviously just went oh i'm not having this and just sprinted so off. actually what happened yeah, is we got there we'd warmed up together essentially the jog to the mm. island and then sarah dropped me as she started her workout and then i was as feeling all right be. and i was, had it in two minds as to exactly what run i was going to do whether i was just going to do a run or a workout and i suppose this is a really good life lesson is like just get your shoes on and get out there even if it's just for a walk yeah, or a, or a yeah. jog and then if you feel okay you can get stuck into some, something else yeah because i did the same thing like we we like jogged over with mm. tito as well from the running channel and i was like i'm either just gonna do a nice lap and i've got out for a run or yeah. if i actually feel good by the time we get to the island i'll see and i did the same thing i ended up doing my session you did a full session but even though you weren't sure you're gonna do it when you set out yeah and then even then i was like right okay i'll, I'll do 10 then yeah. see if i get to 10 here's a question to test your friendship Mm -hmm. When you left each other, did you say, I'm just going to go on now? Sorry, I'm just going to go. Sorry, this is part of my session. Or did you just go? I did. Andy uh, did. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely savage. I knew you were going to do your session. So you had already left me. Yeah. Well, I figured at that point, all social convention was out of the window. So yeah. I could do whatever I wanted. Also the heat, I find like social and convention goes out the window quicker when it's over 30 degrees and you're running. Yeah. I. You don't have as much oxygen to speak. We, I didn't feel like I had enough oxygen at mm. all. And and in terms of social convention, I seriously toyed at one point with taking my shirt off. Oh, oh really? Oh. I didn't I didn't do it. I didn't do it. What is the the correct protocol for one when one takes their shirt off mid run? Do Make you yourself do like a bunny so you've yeah, got you a little, little tail. tail. Would you I have done yeah, a little tail? Yes, I've done a little tail, yeah. Or know, like in the side of my shorts. But yeah. So know. life hack for anyone that wears a sports bra you can create a little like cape by if you get your t-shirt roll it into a sausage shape a roll. and then oh. hook it between so most sports bras will have like a racer back or even if you've only got two straps at the back you can hook it between each one which i feel like most people i might actually struggle to do that with um yeah what's it called flexibility but then you've got yourself like a little cape flying behind you oh well i didn't do that and i didn't take my shirt off but that is a top tip i just didn't do it i um it was too busy like i feel like it was too busy. There were so many people running around there. Yeah, it was really you used busy. To be, yeah. You used to be, you know, far more content with whipping your shirt off, you know, 10 years ago. Oh, well, I mean, that was, that was a very different context for you and me, wasn't it, Ray? <laughs> <laughs> but that was the time when you had that bar underneath your oh, skin. Yeah. Do you remember? I, I think, yeah. Do you I, remember I, having that bar underneath your I skin? I did. So I used to have a, an implant in my chest because I have a, a heart condition. Um, and when I was running competitively, there was a point where I had to stop running for two or three months because they were concerned that, I had had this particular episode of palpitations um, where I nearly passed out. Um, and then to help to diagnose that, the, they inserted like an implant under my skin. Um, and then I had a, like a little transmitter button that I could press to record um, if I had one of those episodes, which I did. And then I went to the hospital and they, they told me what the problem was um, and it wasn't life-threatening, thankfully. 
but I just had to be careful in certain situations. How long did you have that underneath your skin? Way too long. I think about 10 years. I thought so. Um, did you? Yeah. yeah, but I think its battery only lasted two or three you just years. kept it in for a laugh because it looked like you had a harmonica, harmonica stored underneath you yeah, it you, did look like I'd, i genuinely this is this is this is not that is the epitome of you <laughs> too lazy <laughs> to get it taken sums out sums you up so well yeah i've just got this thing doesn't work <laughs> can't hey. be can't be able to take it out so it's no just no there. Uh, the reason it didn't is i was running really well and it was surgery to have it taken out oh would they have to like properly put you under no it wasn't that serious a surgery but it was it was like yeah it was uh, I was been awake while I did it, local yeah. aesthetic, yeah. Right. But it was just booking it in. And like at the end of every season, I had a two week downtime where I'd go on holiday and that's my one bit no, of the year she where I wasn't she running. Left, she left the harmonica there. Yeah, so yeah, I was like, no, I'm, I'm guessing not... you don't want in that like only two week period to be like, I know. Exactly. And then by the Let's... time I come back, then I'm like trying to ramp up my training to get back fit again. Keep yeah. the harmonica. I didn't want to even miss like two days yeah. of training. So yeah, I just kept the harmonica in there. I managed to convince someone that I'd swallowed a rubber. <laughs> <laughs> and that says more about them than me. Because <laughs> it I think I know who that was. Who was it, Rick? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, really? I'm like, well, I mean, that's really not where your stomach is. <laughs> it's basically... It was, no, could you not just say that it's gone clavicle. down the wrong... You know, like when um, you say like food's like, oh, it's, oh, gone, it's down gone down the wrong, the wrong hole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just the rubbers ended up there. Right, oh. should we talk about what we're talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah let's bring it back to you. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what I meant. So I thought this would be a good episode to do because quite often on social media and on wherever you consume running people always talk about the good bits and this is not a good bit this is like a bad bit that I've been struggling with so I've talked about quite a lot I've been trying to run a faster 5k and I have run a 5k PB this year which I keep forgetting and I keep needing to remind myself of like some bits have gone well I had like a really good training block my previous PB from last year was 21 22 I then came into it this year and tried to kind of see where a benchmark was and ran 22 14 I think so like a minute slower than that at the start of summer when it was really really hot yeah then I had a really good training block ran a PB of 2054 and then from there it's all gone a bit wrong because okay. I was then like okay I know you should be happy with a PB but for me 2054 is like okay I'm sub 21 but that wasn't my goal my goal was okay now I've run 21 22 the only goal that I had was get close to 20 so mm. in my head I think I was like okay I want to be getting really really close to that and like I'm going to hit these milestones along the way but I want to keep chipping away at this now and what's happened is I ran 2054 I then was a little bit ill on the day that I did that there's a youtube video where you can see snotty me running it if you want to go check that out you're really selling it it's a great video and um then everyone else from the running channel office was running a race two weeks later yeah. so i was like brilliant signed up was like great i can recover a little bit and then attack this race went into this 5k race and just couldn't got to about two and a half three k and just had that voice in your head that's like you don't really want this you don't need to do this. Why are you pushing so hard? Mm. And then basically just peeled right off. And I think I ran, I can't remember what I ran in that one, but it definitely wasn't a PB, 21, 30 maybe. But you did finish like, that one. I finished that one. Yeah. Then- I love how hard you are on yourself. So like runners are <laughs> awful. Like the, 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 we never remember the good stuff. You always just fixate on the bad stuff. Yeah. So what you've just described then is, you, you know, you ran barely 15 seconds slower than your- the new previous PB yeah. and yeah, probably like not even not even thirty slow. seconds slower than your PB, which yeah. is like in the in the grand scheme of just how you feel on the day of a run, like mm. well within well within like 
normal fluctuation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's incredible how much you go like, oh, it's not good enough. And then yeah. also what's incredible is that the per kilometer time is literally within five seconds of each other in like yeah. what at the end of the run I'm classing as like a success or not a success. Yeah, that's a good point, isn't it? Your per kilometer time is, yeah. it's a tiny bit different. Yeah. It just adds up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, two, yeah. Two, two or three seconds different per kilometer is, you know, Nothing. eight or so 10 to 15 seconds of. Yeah, it all adds yeah. up. So anyway, so then I had that race that didn't go so well. Then I was like, right, let's have a break. Mm. Probably took a break for this also sums runners up. Maybe a month, maybe oh, like really? maybe like five weeks. Was like, still not running, from still running, but a just break from like racing, racing basically. Yeah. So I was like, right, okay, I'll bank a few more training sessions and then have a go again. And then I and then I was like, right, I was trying to attack what had gone wrong. And I think and I thought what had gone wrong is that loads of people I knew were there. I'd said before I wanted to run a PB. It was also raining, and it was like it it was an event close to my house where I knew a lot of people who would be there. So I. I think halfway through that kind of threw me off as well because the mm. pressure got to me. Ironically, if you put a camera in my face, I feel way less pressure than if there's like someone I know standing on the sideline. Um, Interesting. But yeah. then- It's definitely some deep, deeper psychological- uh, Yeah, I know what's, what's going on yeah. there. And then, so I signed, then signed up to another race, told no one, like mm. went with no one, went completely by myself. And then again, got to 3K and there were, there actually happened to be two people there who- I like kind of roughly knew yeah. and right at the start of the race I overtook them and was like I really hope they're not doing the 5k <laughs> <laughs> and then as I overtook them I heard one of them say to the other like yeah I'm feeling good I just don't want to go too soon and then that played in my head for the next like two kilometers and then I got to about the 3k mark and they came back past me yeah. and then it just all it was again the voices in my head being like you can't do this this is too hard it's too hot you you don't you don't really want it why are you going for it you don't need this and then I think I think I've heard James talking about this in that sometimes you have to live out or sometimes you have to think about what is the worst case scenario like what are you actually scared of in this moment mm. and my biggest fear was not finishing which it's funny when you move through different goals when I first started running the thought of being able to finish a 5k was incredible yeah. and and then I and then you hit that milestone and then you're like, oh, well, I'll always finish a 5K. And I didn't. I peeled off at 3.8, maybe. So literally like mm. 1,200 meters to go. And I and just went, no. And was that because you peeled off because physically you were exhausted or mentally you were exhausted? I think just, I think a bit of both. I couldn't, I couldn't physically couldn't go any faster. Mm. I would have finished, I probably would have finished that one in like 2110. Mm. So again, 16 seconds slower. But I think because I was giving myself such a hard time during that race that I was like, I don't want to finish if it's not a PB. And then I finished then and I was like, what am I doing? I, th I think it just, it, it, sum, it sums up for me like that we're all, we are all our own harshest critic. Mm. So there's, there's an assumption that when you go out there and you're wearing a certain thing or look a certain way or run a certain pace that anyone else is, you know, watching you. What are they thinking about me? What, what's happening there? Yeah. But actually we need to deal with our own, like in a monologue first. Yeah. And then that kind of takes care of the rest because one, none of those people are watching or caring about what you're doing. Cause they're all having this own, their own inner monologue going, am I fast enough? Is this good enough? How is, yeah. is it normal to mm. feel this hard, this early in a race? Like that. I, and, and we've have talked about this repeatedly me cause I bang on about it. Like talking yourself out of stuff you literally described 
doing that. Like mm. you, you've let your yourself convince yourself that something's not good enough or that you can't do it. Or I do think the two are linked though, in that what often what you're saying to yourself is an opinion that you formed based off of other people. Mm. Yeah. So f- I feel when I first started running, the sub 20 minute world was not on my radar no. at all. Like sub, I think I didn't really have my first kind of 5k goal that I spent a good best part of a year trying to break was 25 minutes. And I was like, you know what? I'm pretty happy with that. Like I'll keep chipping away, but yeah. sub 20 is probably never going to be me. And I think then when you actually then get to the point where you start to work towards that, there is a huge element of imposter syndrome of like, I'm not, I'm not a sub 20 minute runner, Yeah. but then who, who it like, look at all the people that cross the line in sub 20 minutes. Like there are so many different people from different backgrounds from who are doing different things. Like everyone deserves to be in there in whatever category of time you're putting yourself in. But I do think there's a huge thing of you need when you're pushing towards goals that are so punchy, Mm. you have to like believe in yourself, believe that you deserve to be there, have the training to back it up and have a lot of things go right on the day. And it it becomes more of those, like those 1%. Yeah, I think that oh, I'm trying to unpick all of the stuff. Sorry, though. I'm no. saying like 10 things at once. <laughs> no, but it's 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 fascinating, isn't it? Because I'm, I'm hoping that anyone listening will have, well, so I'm not hoping that people listening have experienced the same thing, but I'm pretty sure that people will resonate with one or other elements of this where it's mm. like either you're, you know, you're, you've, you've, sh- you've shifted your own goalposts for start. Like you've come into running from one particular perspective and wanted yeah. to achieve something. And once you'd achieved that, you're then like, okay, what next? And it changed quite quickly for you with running channel involvement and, getting faster and having access to coaches and Mm. expertise and so on. And then there's the idea of being like, so self-critical, like which, uh, and and not accepting that you deserve to be, to be there or to be considered in that, that kind of bracket. Like it's. Yeah. I don't even, I don't even think it's, I don't even think it's like deserving. I think it's more the element of, I don't know. You just place yourself in this own like little category. I remember as well, this this is like a behind the curtain thing, but when I first started on the running channel, I was the like in quotation marks average runner. Yeah. And I remember after like f- maybe f- a couple of series that I did, mm. there were people in the comments being like, "You're not an average runner anymore." So then, but I still feel like that <laughs> the quote unquote average runner. But then there's that really weird like no man's land of in between average runner and fast runner yeah because i'm not i'm not an elite i'm not sta- i'm not standing on a starting line but, but if you're getting if you're aiming for under 20 minutes then you're in one of the top brackets of runners in the country i mean just look at your percentage there you would be in the top five percent yeah but, but then, then that's another time, do you think if you're running if you were under 20 minutes like do you, do you think that those runners would they're, they're not they're not they're not elite runners so they're not going to be categorized no. and, and they're probably having the same thought process yeah. as to like and and that's how it's so personal isn't it it's the the goal that you set yourself is is really personal and it's and it's it's you're you're out there unless you're trying to win the olympics where your time or your position is is the thing that kind of ultimately defines you i suppose mm-hmm. like the the most people out there running like i've set this goal because i want to achieve this thing and it's it's yeah. for, it's for me it's not for anyone else it's not because i'm trying to sh- show someone something and although actually that's not true i know plenty of people that are trying to show their kids that like you, you know if you set yourself in mind if you set your mind you to can achieve you it you can get out yeah. there and do it 
I think you, you know, you can look at this from two ways. You can look at this from a runner's perspective, or you can look at this from a general fitness perspective. So I just did a little bit of maths there while you were talking, sir. And uh, <laughs> what was your math? So from well, I just looked at the percentage grades of people who finish uh, parkrun on, on mm -hmm. Saturday. So you you you'd be uh, in the top five percent of runners of runners if you know if you're if, with your times at the moment. But if you look as a population, you'd be in the top naught point naught five. I mean, I've, that last figure, I've just made it up. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it, you, you can't see this on an audio yeah, I medium. Was like, I was looking at Rick going, where, where, back where up has this come from? That is what it would be, roughly. Yeah. 0 0.05. We need um, a, if you could have an asterisk on a, on a, yeah, on a podcast, then, which is like, please don't. Of, of, of overall fitness but is of that people with, who could get around that fast. Is that with like a 21 or is that with a sub 20? Oh, Because I think that's, that's the like. I think that ballpark. Let's not be too specific. No, but then this is this is the interesting thing though, is that when you're in the like 20 to 25 or when you're in the 25 to 30 or 30 to 35, that like nice little safe five minute window, it's then when you try to break into the next five minute window that then all of the mind games start of like, can I get there? Is this for me? What do I need to change? Who, like who... Who am I going to be amongst? Who do I need to be like? Oh well, I'm not like that. And, and, that, and that's what yeah. is so no, you I need to like that. talk yourself out of thinking like that. Because <laughs> so I went from horrific DNF, did the full mm. on. Just in case anyone else has done this, like if you have pulled out of a race, sat on a bench, had a little cry about it, taken the pins off your number, lost your bike key in the process, is what happened to me. Mm. Like we have all done that. And that, I've, there is I've like, done that. I didn't, I didn't lose my bike key, but I have, but I have, <laughs> that, uh, I, I have done the, uh, the DNF and, and had a little cry. Yeah. And it feels like, it feels awful. It feels even worse when you lose your bike key because I properly, so I took my number off, walked a good 10 minutes to go back to my bike, realized I didn't have my bike key. And then oh. was like, do I run mm. home? <laughs> like oh, the walk of shame. Devastating. Yeah, yeah. It was so bad. But then, then I, then you have to go, okay, one, clearly I care about it enough that it made me upset. Mm. That's a that's kind of like a very backward positive. Like, because I think the first thing you have to do is question, why are we doing this? Like, yeah. why are you going for this? Like, why do you enjoy running? And then I went, okay, what am I not enjoying? I'm really not enjoying racing. Like I, I don't, racing is for me incredibly, uh, for some reason in the 5K at the moment, I just find it really stressful. Okay, so that, I just that's, anxiety that's the realisation. Yeah. So yeah. it's the racing bit you don't like, not yeah. the running. Because so the, the whole five minute thing, if you moving up and down, people will be going backwards as well as forwards all the time yeah. out of those five minute chunks. Like people coming back from injury and what they're aiming for, if they're aiming for a 20 or a 25, it might be in two years time that they're actually aiming for a 30 or a 35. So those five minute chunks, it is just, they're just mental blocks to get inside that yeah. chunk and then the next one. I don't know why we do it on fives. <laughs> I think that might just be what I do but uh, the biggest takeaway that I've taken from it is that do run how you want to run not how you think you should run because unless, unless you're an elite where you know there's no changing the world champs <laughs> there's yeah. no changing the Olympics no. that is like set in stone but what I've realized over the last like month of just relaxing enjoying training again I, I'm not I'm still going out and doing sessions which are tailored towards 20 minutes and I love them mm. like they're so fun and I'm like actually what I finally realized is that for me I am only going to enjoy racing when I'm comfortably in it I don't enjoy pushing myself to the red line really hurting and just about scraping by I will sign up and run a 20 minute when sub 20 minute place. 5k when I could probably yeah. run a 1945 yeah I and think that, that is okay so I think actually in summary that really aligns with what 
I experienced in my career was that I found it difficult to run at my best when I wasn't happy day to day. So if you are happy, if you can find the the thing, the element, the part of running that allows you to actually enjoy it, to smile whilst you're running, to be happy, then the byproduct of that is that you end up probably running faster than you would otherwise. So if you if you're a happy runner, you'll, yeah. you'll end up as a as a faster runner and that you can chase that goal of a time more effectively. So yeah, that's that's my summary. And I'd love to know whether anyone listening right now has experienced similar self-doubt or, or difficulties. Please email us in at podcast at the running channel.com and we'd love to know about your experience and maybe answer your questions, which is what we're going to do next. So you're listening to the running channel podcast. Up next we've got your news followed by your questions. Don't forget this episode is sponsored by Under Armour and their Infinite Elite shoes. Now at the running channel, we bang on all the time about how if you want to run fast, you need to run slow. I'm talking about the 80-20 rule. Yes, you need to do the vast majority of your training at an easier or steadier pace. And you need an everyday pair of running shoes that you trust to do that. And the Infinite Elite has brand new cushioning technology in the form of Under Armour's Hover Plus. So that's designed to support you for the whole of even your longest runs with extra cushioning and energy return. So that's what this is all about. Yeah, and if you want to check out the Under Armour Infinite Elite, head to the link in the show notes. So it's almost question time, but first, every episode, we pick a new story from the world of running. Andy, what have you got? Mine is a slightly silly one, but I was... uh, (laughs) Brilliant. Yeah, as always, I was looking for stuff that people might find interesting, and I saw this headline that caught my eye. These five Taylor Swift songs are perfect for running a marathon. Oh, it's a guessing game, Rick. I love Taylor Swift. August. I don't know about you, but, but I'm, I'm feeling, feeling 22. No, oh no, right, let's go. Please don't, please don't stop listening. August. <laughs> um, right, so it's not the most scientific, but it's an article where the author essentially has picked five songs in order that are perfect for the stages that you go through in a marathon. Oh, oh, okay, So it's like the starting five miles. August. Uh, nope, sorry, doesn't make the list. We are never, ever, ever getting, getting back, back together. together. Is that Taylor Swift? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm not yeah. the right person to be leading this. Red? Nope. I wish I'd had some practice for this to go through our back catalogue. <laughs> <laughs> Cruel Summer. Yes. Uh, that's been that's been allotted to uh, miles six to ten. Blank Space. Yeah. First five miles. Anti-hero. Mm-hmm. Nope. Style. Nope. Oh. <laughs> Rick's exhausted the top songs on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're so excited. What are the other two? Blank Space, then Cruel Summer, then Bejeweled. I don't know that one. Not no. not one I'm uh, not one I'm that familiar with. Is that over the half marathon mark? Yep. And then all too well. Oh no. Nice. Out of the woods. And then enchanted. Enchanted. Oh. Yeah. So I'm not. A, I mean, I, I love Taylor Swift, but not to an encyclopedic knowledge of her back catalogue. Also, I tell you what, I love Taylor Swift, but having five songs on repeat for a whole marathon is a bit much. Yeah, I think it was I more. Here's, a here's a, more. I think it was more. Here's a song that defines this five mile period of your marathon. Oh, got it. Um, so I love hey, this. Maybe though, we should give that a go each of creating our own marathon. Yeah. Like playlist for different periods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I would have some Daft Punk in there for sure. Would you? Yeah, to keep me I'd going. I have some Kelly Clarkson personally. Bit oh, of breakaway at yeah. the end. Well, I, I think that because there's some good science in behind the tempo, like the BPM of a, of a track mm-hmm. and how that makes you perform from a running perspective so it needs to be like we've we've got a brilliant video on this actually we composed our own song for exactly this purpose on the running channel we created according to science the world's best song for running to oh yes run with me how does that go run with me (laughs) run with me 
yeah. Yeah, that's it. We, the, because we have the rights to that song, we can play that on here as well. So maybe we'll put a little yeah. burst in here. Oh, what, yeah. what was the BPM? Oh, no, I should know that, Rick. Like I want to say like... It, it, it was quite intense. So I, I normally accuse Sarah of being poorly researched on the news stories, but I think mm. this, I've, I've taken that. Andy, it's that, falling I've, apart. I've dropped that bar to a new <laughs> would level. You, would you like my well-researched news story? Yes, I would. Don't Just don't ask me any questions, okay? I think okay. we'll be fine. Um, so last week we were at the World Champs. This week it is a similarly... <laughs> similarly. <laughs> similarly. <laughs> yeah. Highly anticipated event, UTMB, which stands for Ultra... Trail de Montblanc. Trail de Montblanc. Um, this year, so exciting. There are so many people lining up. So if you've never heard of UTMB, it's kind of the biggest trail running festival. It's in Chamonix. Um, there are loads of different races going on. Anna, on the day of recording, is currently taking on ETC, which is a 15 kilometer race with loads of elevation. Oh so yeah, it's bonkers. But this is this is almost, what's crazy is this is like the introductory race to get people to be able to experience yeah. UTMB and, and the kind of, you know, running at altitude up mountains, mm -hmm. like, you know, slightly more technical than you might be used to. Yeah, beautiful scenery. There's also OCC, CCC, and then lots of other little ones as well. But OCC is, I think, 55. CCC is more like 100K, sorry, 55K, 100K. And then mm. UTMB, 100 miler. Oh, uh, yeah. So that's what, 160 ish. Uh, yeah, I think it's slightly more than that. And it's like, because um, it's not an exact distance, is it? No, it's always it's always just a bit that's wrong. A funny. I mean, it is an exact distance. When it but gets it's not, it's not a nice round number. No, that's no, always the thing with gonna... trail running. You get a medal that says fifty k, and it was like, how far did you run? Oh, you know, fifty seven. But they rounded it <laughs> <Yeah>. down. <laughs> yeah. um, UTMB was running. I mean, it takes so that the men last year broke twenty hours for the first time. Yeah, super exciting. Um, there, I just want to give a few exciting mentions for if you're mm. listening and you want to have a look at the leaderboard. So Courtney DeWater has already done some incredible hundred milers this year, and yeah. she is taking part in UTMB, which is very exciting. And then in the men's event, Tom Evans, who won uh, Western States this year, yeah. is also taking part. As is Jim Wormsley. So I feel like oh, there's going to be the a little biggest trail runners of their generation going head to head. I guess. Yeah, very very exciting. So best thing is Shaman he's just quite a nice good night out <laughs> priorities I don't think they'll be doing that after running 100 miles but everyone no. who's watching yes. will have a cracking great time. time I mean yeah, it must yeah. be good fun to go to that stuff it'd yeah. be amazing it's just an incredible feat not least because they're you know they're running in darkness mm. in some you know and loneliness through the mountains yeah yeah good, not, good aid not, stations at the top there. selling that very well there yeah, yeah it's, a right, far, it's a bit we'll fast. I need to get this marathon out of the <laughs> yeah, way. Yeah. But I think and then next year, we'll sign you up for CCC, 100K. How do you feel? No, no way. OCC, 55? No, I'm just going to, let's just get this marathon ETC? out of the way. Marath marathon uh, first, absolutely. please. Marathon first. Any, anything that's more than normal, never. <laughs> okay, well, that wraps up our news stories. Next up, we have got your questions. Okay, kicking off with Lucy, as a new runner. Oh, she doesn't tell me where she's from. I know. Sorry, Lucy. I wrote this down. I don't know where she's from. You I double-checked double the email, but it wasn't in there. Okay. I'm sorry, All Rick. right. She says, I couldn't run 200 meters in January, and now I'm about to run a half. That's I'm very yeah. new to running jargon. As a runner who unfortunately still has one pace, although actively trying to come out of this, but it means when you talk about 5K or 10K pace, I actually don't know what you're talking about. Can you explain? We can try. So that the this is not that unusual. Like we've talked about it a fair bit. I think there's the more experience you get and the longer the distance you get, the more we would ask you to try to distinguish between 
how fast you can run 5K all out and how fast you can run a 10K all out. Because that's what he means by 5K and 10K pace. Mm. It means that if you ran at your absolute maximum for 5K in a race, that's your 5K pace. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's, it's moving up and down, isn't it? It's not one set pace. Yeah, exactly. But then a lot of people might just find that they don't feel like they can run any faster than, say, 30 minutes for 5K. Yeah. But then when they run a 10K, they run 60 minutes. So they can run that whole pace, same pace the whole way. Way through, yeah, yeah. Uh, but the, what I would say is that you, if you can run a 10K in 60 minutes, then you definitely can run a 5K faster than 30 minutes. Mm. Because you look at, or through the whole spectrum of abilities in running, it's just simple maths. Like if you, if you can sustain a pace for a longer distance, then when you reduce the distance you're going to run, certainly that shorter end, then you should be able to run faster over that over that shorter distance. What would you say for Lucy is the best way to, so she's given us a bit more context of her 5K and 10K average is usually 5.45 per kilometre. Uh, how would you tackle seeing what her 5K pace could be? Would you say go out and do a 1K all out to see what that is and then take an average or should she just try yeah. a little bit faster for 5K and see how she goes? I would sort of try to encourage her to sort of go slightly more extreme almost like to 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 just do an effort for 30 seconds um, just so that you can prove to yourself, oh, I can run a lot faster than 5.45 per kilometers. Yeah. Mm. And then then, then you need to start to dial it into the middle somewhere and, yeah. and, and then go and run like a 1K effort yeah. or, a, or a you know four or five minute effort um, and then start putting them together. So do two or three, four or five minute efforts with two or three minutes recovery. And if you can run 5.45 for a 10K pace per kilometer, then... Just try and be a little bit quicker, 5.15, 5.30 per kilometre. Mm. The, and, and then I think you'll find you'll be able to start to learn to distinguish between the two paces. Because, yeah, yeah every training plan will be 5K, 10K pace. And I, will, I understand this. But a lot of people, it's, it's, it's faster than what feels comfortable. So, no, exactly. So it's just fast, right? And I, mm. I think with her, I mean... <laughs> Fair play. She couldn't run 200 meters in January and now she's doing half. That's yeah, a, that is, that's yeah. a incredible. big change in eight months to go from that to that. And now as someone who's kind of training back into racing, I think she probably needs to bring, like Andy says, some faster stuff into it. So like doing some intervals. Sarah and I went out and did some intervals yeah. last week and we did uh, eight times 400 meters, mm -hmm. uh, which are really useful. Well, but you she, did. I cycled alongside yeah, you, you. You were on a bike. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I didn't run a Budapest. Um, so I would say kind of bring in some of those and maybe some, but some longer stuff. So maybe some, you know, four times 800 meters. So you're running at that pace for a bit longer. Yeah, perfect. That's absolutely perfect. But before you do it, just try those strides for like 15, 30 yeah. seconds, like I said, just so that you can give yourself almost something to snap you out of that 540, 5.45 per kilometer pace yeah. to show you that you can actually run probably four minutes per kilometer pace for 15 or 30 seconds. For a bit, yeah, a bit longer. Okay, Magnus from Stockwell. Thank you, Magnus. How do I train oh, so off season until it's time to ramp up in late February 24 and start a new 16 week program? So here's a bit of background. Before he started training the 16 week marathon uh, sessions, he'd never run more than 12K. Structural training good, also improved his 10K results. He thinks his marathon 24 goal will be 345 or even 330 if he gets enough training in. Okay, that's fast. Uh, I am a bit surprised that I can actually handle this level of training being 54 and he almost turned to cycling to get over knee pain and now he's doing 50-50 cycle and running. Well, so this podcast we're recording uh, in the end of August. So then um, Magnus has got till February yeah. to think about his 
uh, marathon. So he's probably, from a 16-week perspective, he's probably got, I don't know, another 10 weeks or so uh, before he would start that. Yeah. So the, the question is, I guess, how do you stay fit or how do you train during that off season before you start building up again? Mm-hmm. I would counsel like picking an interim goal. So like almost finishing this period of downtime with a 10K or something like that. So the overall volume of training is, is slightly lower. Uh, you can run slightly quicker so that when you do start doing marathon pace stuff again for 16 weeks, you um, you that pace will feel pretty comfortable. Um, so you can kind of reduce the volume a little bit but increase the intensity maybe on some of the workouts just to do something that's a bit more 10K focused. Um, and then you go into that 16-week marathon training with this amazing block of fitness. But I also would factor in some some downtime. So have a couple of weeks really easy after that kind of 10K training block, then start the 16 weeks. I, I would also recommend there are such things as maintenance plans, which yeah. I didn't realize for ages. Um, they've got them on the runner app if you use that. And they're so good because I think so many people will race, take some like a few days or a week off, depending on the distance, yeah. and then start another training plan, which is for like, I'm now going to improve my 10K time by X amount, or I'm now going to yeah. do this. Like you do need, if you look at elite athletes, they're not, training hard all year round yeah they're periodizing right yeah so you've got like high intensity low intensity within months of training so if you still want to get out and run have a look at some maintenance plans which will keep the mileage ticking over and will help you build back up yeah so it depends on which one floats your boat and is going to keep you motivated yeah thanks magnus and thanks for telling us where you're from (laughs) thanks so much you've been listening to the running channel podcast actually though we've got a favor to ask if you're enjoying the podcast we are on a mission to help as many runners as possible so please could you pop this episode in your running group chat send it to your running buddy or even post it on your own social media good idea that yeah because the more who came up with that that was andy (laughs) (laughs) i'd love to take responsibility but the more we grow the more we can do to help and we need your help to get there but thank you so much for all of your support so far and let's spread the word see you later no one else said goodbye (laughs) oh (laughs) it's because i tell you what i am so happy that i don't have to see your faces for over a week yeah that's what it is we're just fed up with each other yeah but hey look (laughs) we got didn't come across we got through another one and now we can you know sit in silence and leave (laughs) bye everyone (laughs) see you big smiles (laughs) cheese cheese This episode was brought to you by Under Armour and their Infinite Elite Everyday Running Shoe, which has a focus on both comfort and endurance. So an ultra springy, responsive feel that protects your legs and keeps them feeling fresh, which is what Jess has been putting to the test as she's been training for over the last 12 weeks for taking on her ultimate ever 10K. And she's been focused on consistency. So being able to show up with those fresh legs every day and every week in order to put in the work and the recovery that she needs to do to run her best. If you want to check out the Under Armour Infinite Elite, head to the link in the show notes.